This is a podcast by One Life Christian Church in Baldwin, New York. We pray that the following podcast would encourage you, build you up in the gospel, and lead you closer to Jesus. We remind you that these are simply tools to help you in your walk and ask that you still look for a local church to attend and serve in. Welcome to the living room. We're in Psalms 121, a song of ascent, where in your Bible it might say, my hope comes from the Lord. And I'd love to read that together right there where you are. Um, So on the count of three, why don't we just all read it out loud? One, two, three. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My hope comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Amen. Psalms 121 is the second of series of psalms, songs of ascent. It's a poem, it's a song of travelers, of pilgrims, of people on a journey, uh, specifically people going towards Jerusalem, uh, the home of God's temple and his presence in this moment where there's great feasts happening. See, the psalmist is not traveling alone, as we see, right? He starts the first two verses almost talking to himself. But then by verse 3, we see that there's other people he's leading. There's other people that are in this group traveling as well in this journey. It's a song, a poem that has been organized in a series of stanzas, right? Which is small units of poetry that we see in verse 1 and 2. Then we see two and three. Then we see, I'm sorry, one and two, three and four, five and six, and seven and eight. This is a beautiful reminder of God and his presence. And how in the midst of this journey, the psalmist knows who to look for. And perhaps you're not on your way to Jerusalem, but you are on a journey of life. And perhaps you will catch yourself in front of hills, uncertain of what the day may bring. And today is God's reminder that he is there with you. Amen? Real quick, I'll try to make the story short. Just about two years ago, my wife and I, we had gone to Honduras. So for those who don't know, um, I, was, I was brought here uh, illegally as a child. I like to say I was imported from Honduras, some awesome merchandise that came from Honduras. So in order for us to kind of get my paperwork moving and working, um, I did have to leave the country and come back legally just to show to the United States that I entered legally. So we did the process, we did the application, and it was a great time. We were celebrating like our two-year anniversary and we had gone to beautiful islands. We had visited family that I haven't seen in years. Uh, people that remember me eating dirt as a baby, and now they see me all grown up. 
you know when you meet someone that known you as a child and they tell you all these stories about yourself and you're like, I can't believe that's me. So we had a great time. It was a great journey. We understood the dangers of it, right? And by we, we understood that I was in danger. In the sense of it wasn't guaranteed that I'd be able to come back to the United States. So we had a great time. And on the way back, we land in, was it Miami? We land in Miami, and then we hear all these great things about how Miami Airport is one of the hardest ones to let people through immigration. And then as anyone who was about to leave somewhere and not be certain of if they're going to come back, I did my research. I looked at YouTube. There was videos of interviews that might happen, of uh, moments that there might be a halt, and I might not be able to come back home. So as we land in Miami, U.S. Custom takes me, tells me, hey, we're going to take you to this room. You can tell your wife to come in as well. We're sitting there. It looks like a DMV office. And we're starting to see people who were there before leave. Others have gone into rooms to be interviewed. Um, different walks of life, different countries. Um, but I'm still there waiting. And I'm getting freaked out now. This is now where, like, the thoughts are coming into my head and saying, is this it? And then I start seeing people that came in after me. And they too were leaving the room. And I'm like, okay, there's something up. So what did I do? I started praying. I started asking God. I started talking to Angie. And then I hear my name slightly. It seems like there's a group of officers that are trying to figure out what is it like that they're doing with me. And no one can figure it out. And I said, Lord, if you have to confuse them, confuse them. <laughs> But then the scary part about that is that, Lord, you're also confusing them. And all of a sudden, a guy comes from another room. He looks like he's the boss. Like he's like, you know, he, he's the guy that knows everything. And he's looking at the paperwork. Um, I didn't say this is the first time, but he actually looks up and looks down. And I'm like, oh, boy. And he says, you could kind of just see it in his mannerisms, like his, his body language. He goes like this. He points to it. And then you see some guy go, stamp it, and then they call me, Mr. Garcia. And I was like, yes, you're good to go. And I was like, oh, thank God. But of course, in my human nature, what is it that we like to do? We like to question everything. So as he's giving me my passport back with the stamp of approval that I can go back into the United States legally, for some reason out of my mouth comes out, are you sure? And he's like, yes, you could leave. And then I'm like, oh, but, but, but I saw that I might need it. And he's like, you could leave. The door is right there. He's kicking me out of the room, a room that I've been worried about this whole time. But because I had done my research that I needed an interview or that it wasn't going to be as easy as it was, I questioned and I said, are you sure? Well, I'm here now, so you guys know that I made it. Praise God. We're still in the works. And your story may not be somewhat like that, right? You may have a different kind of journey. You may have a different kind of hill that you face. But that's why we're here this morning to discuss. Verse 1 says, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? If you know anything about mountains, valleys, and hills, hills are very steep. If you're afraid of heights, like myself, you try to avoid them. My wife's from Peru. If you guys know anything about Peru, there's Machu Picchu. 
And everybody tells me when you go up to Machu Picchu, like, you got to be careful. Like, you might get dizzy because of the height. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to go there. But it's, I hear it's really beautiful, so I'm going to have to do it. But when you look at something so big and so grand, it's intimidating. And though we're not on this journey to Jerusalem, we do face hills in our life. We do face moments where we step back and we are in awe of the situation that we're in. It may look different. It may not be an immigration office in Miami. It could be your child that's giving you issues. It could be problems at home. It could be finances. It could be loss of a job. It could be anything. But my question for you is, what is it that you do when you see the hill? See, this hill represents to the psalmist a place of danger, of uncertainty, where robbers would stay, where wild animals would be the ones to be able to kill you and attack you if you weren't on guard. And he goes on to say, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He looks to the hills and he assures himself, he reframes, he refocuses himself, and he says, my help comes from the Lord. Church, can we answer that this morning? From where does your help come from? From where is it that your help comes from? Again, we have different journeys, different paths, different avenues of life, different seasons that we're brought to when we're in front of a hill, we're in front of an obstacle, we're in front of a challenge. What are we asking ourselves? Who are we looking to? See, because the journey is inevitable. Life is inevitable. You have to go through life. Life is not promised to be perfect. It's not promised to be great. It's not promised that everything is going to go okay. But the constance of God is promised. So the psalmist reminds us this morning, I'm not only where his help comes from, but also what his helper has made. He says, who made heaven and earth. He made you. Did you know that? That he knows you from your mother's room. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. Some of you guys don't have too much hair on your head. I do, praise God. But he is with you. And he knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your story. He knows where you're going to. Where you could avoid going to. So where does your help come from, church? And the beautiful part about this is we're only two verses in, but it's like quickly we're reminded of who God is and what he's done. So if he is with me and he is for me, and if God is for us, who can be against? Amen? So church, if God is with you, just think about that. God, you are with me. If you know who you're with, and it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse here, but if you know who you're with, you know who can't be against you. Because you have the Almighty, you have the creator of the heavens and the earth. Romans 8.31. If God is with us, who can be against? See, some of us needed that reminder this morning. I should, I know I did. But some of us are also very too, too prideful to ask for help. As we say in Spanish, sí o sí. 
Yes, some of us are too prideful and say, God, I don't need help. I'm going to figure things out on my own. When I want, how I want, when it's supposed to happen. But guess what? I have good news for you guys. If you ever had any doubt if you needed help, the answer is yes. You need help. I need help. Because in our human nature, in the brittleness of who we are, in our flesh, we are weak. We can't do everything on our own. Is anybody else relieved? It's almost like you already know. That's it. I can't do it. God, I need your help. I can't do it on my own, Lord. God, I need you to lead. From where does my help come from? Let your neighbor know, don't worry. Help is on the way. Help is on the way. There's a saying, and we, we've heard it a lot in churches. We've heard it a lot. Even people um, that don't go to church, um, people love to say this as an encouraging thing, right? It's like you hear, well, God wouldn't give you anything you can't handle. God wouldn't give you anything you can't manage. That's a lie. I'm going to tell you that right now. There's many things in life that I can't handle that only God can take care of. Amen? If you live long enough, you realize I can't do everything on my own. God, I can't handle what you're giving me. I need you. So where does your faith come from? Where, where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Some of us are too prideful to know we need help. Some of, those, some of us don't even know we need help. I think that's even scarier. So if that's you this morning, this is your first time coming to church, I am very gladly here to say you need help. We all need help. But as we read in verse 2, our help comes from? Oh, I'm going to say that a lot today, church. Some of us don't even know how to ask for help. Has that ever happened to you guys? You know you have a problem, but you just don't know how to ask for the help of that problem. Right? You're in a situation, and you don't have to get complicated. You don't have to get, you know, in school. When you were in school, there was, I was not great at math. I wish I was. I was good at talking, hence why I talk for a living. I would get in trouble all the time for talking. I was not good at math. The problem with not being good at math is that you're looking at a problem. You know you can't answer it. But you also don't know what is wrong that you're, you're coming up with an answer and you're not getting it right. Some of us don't know how to ask for help. I think about Daniel in the lion's den. He didn't call for animal control. <laughs> he called for the Lord. I think about the three Israelites, young men that were put in a fiery furnace because they did not want to bow down to another god or to another king. They didn't call the Babylonian fire department. They called on the Lord. You think about Peter, and Peter calls out to the Lord and says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to walk on water. And as he steps and he's walking and his eyes are fixed on Jesus, he is, his footing is secure. But the moment he looks around and he sees the winds and the storms, he starts to drown Peter doesn't call for the Coast Guard. 
He calls for the Lord. So one life, I ask you again, where does your help come from? Verse three, he will not let your foot be moved. All of a sudden we go from two verses of a conversation of a man having to himself to verse three, now shifting a blessing and almost a promise towards others. He goes on to say, he will not let your foot be moved. He starts to describe things that the Lord won't do. The Lord will not let your foot be moved. Amen. The Lord will not let you stumble. He will not let you fall. He will not let you break. He will not let you lose because your help comes from he, the Lord. So it's, it's beautiful to, to be able to read this and know, man, God is providing assurance. God is providing protection. He's providing love. He's providing mercy. He's providing grace. Proverbs 20, 24 says, a man's steps are from the Lord. How then can a man understand his way? There was many verses I could have chosen to, to be able to piggyback this verse of your foot will not be moved, but I like this one a lot because it reminds me of how God and his sovereignty and his all-knowing takes care of us and doesn't need an explanation. And if you're like me, you want to know why. Something in our human nature, God, thank you for this, but why did this happen? Or God, you, you rescued me from this, but, but why? Proverbs 20, 24 says, a man's steps are from the Lord. Lord, the Lord has ordained your steps. He has secured your walk. Of course, you have to be close to the Lord to, to understand that. How then can a man understand his ways? It's not for us to understand. Any parents in the house? When, you're, when your child says why, do you always give them a reason? No. Do you give them an explanation? Because I said so. I have no kids, but I can't wait to say that. Why? Because I said so. I'm telling mom, fine, go. It's true. God, God doesn't need to give us any explanation. But in his presence, in his protection, he secures our move, our footing. It says, he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Praise God for that. We have a God that is alert, who was and is and is to come. We have a God that understands everything and knows everything and sees everything. Anyone here losing sleep at night? Some of us? Because of insecurities, because of anger, because of hurt, because of pain, because of bills, because of debt, because of sicknesses, and the list goes on. Relationship problems. We're losing sleep. But I have good news. You don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. We have a God that does not slumber nor sleep. So when you're worried about something, he's taking care of it. When you're struggling through something, he's working on it. Will he give you an explanation? Doesn't have to. But rest assured that you can find peace in his security. Because my God does not sleep nor slumber. Now it's up to you guys to leave here today and say, I have peace and rest in the Lord. I may not know what my situation looks like. I may not know how my check is going to come in this day. I may not know how 
things are going to work out, but my God, he does not sleep or slumber. He's on high alert. He knows everything. He's taking care of me. Man, I'm so grateful for just being able to be here today and being, being able to just share about this, right? It's like to know that the God that we serve, the God that we come on Sunday to praise and worship, he, he has us. He's taking care of us. It says, you know, the Lord is your keeper. So the Lord isn't just your helper, but he's your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. So as this psalmist is writing and he's talking about this journey that's vigorous and harsh, and you think about the Middle Eastern sun that may be scorching, verse 5 reminds us of the Lord's shade. And Pastor Isaac kind of spoke on this last week, right, Psalms 91.1 where it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Praise God. To be in the shadow in the midst of a hot summer day, oh, what a relief. And God is providing this relief and this rest in his presence. And then as the psalmist talks about the right hand, he says the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The right hand in scripture typically implies strength and authority. But here he's talking about his strength and authority, his right hand. That just goes to show that even in our strength and our authority, we still need God to keep it. We still need God to guard it. That means even when we're strong in something, we are weak when it comes to the Lord. And again, that, that brings me great relief. That brings me great joy, knowing that even when I think I got it, I don't got it. I need to lean on the Lord. Church, don't be too prideful, right? There's one thing that in the Garcia household we have sometimes a little, little bit too much pride, right, babe? Some of us, have, one of us have to, you know, one of us have to do it. That's love. That's, that's trusting another person. And here we are with the opportunity to trust in the Lord, that he will keep you in the shade, that he is your keeper. So what a loving God we find ourselves talking about this morning, that even in the midst of our strength, we have his protection. We find him guarding it. And then verse 6 goes on to say, the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. You know what that means, right? God's protection is 24-7. I just shared a little bit this morning for the 9 a.m. service, and I asked everybody, do you love those CVSs that are 24-7? Wow, I got a reaction over here. Who doesn't? When we need to travel and we're running and scourging to get something or a memory card or whatever it is, 24-7 CVS is to the rescue. Now, if you get excited about a CVS that's 24-7, let me tell you about a God that keeps you 24-7. He says, the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. He's got you. Some of us have been needing this reminder today. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will protect you. He sees you and he's with you 24-7. I think about all these days of uncertainty, right? Like you're looking at the psalmist, right? And he's talking about the elements, the sun, the moon, day and the night. 
certain things are not guaranteed, right? We, we, we could predict a little bit now what the future looks like, but there's been days where it's supposed to be sunny and all of a sudden it starts to rain, right? I think about how uncertain life could be. How if anybody here was the author of their own life, they probably wouldn't have written so many trials and tribulations. Right? Everyone likes a happy ending. And God is saying, I'm here for you 24-7. I think about, so my wife and I, we're the oldest um, of our parents, and we've been, like, sometimes the right-hand person of our, you know, single moms or things like that, or through trials and tribulation in the family, we have to be there to be some support. And we were discussing, like, everything that God has brought us through. And we thought about, I was having trouble kind of figuring out all these things that God has done. Has anybody ever been in that situation? You're like, you're trying to like really wrap your mind of everything God has done. And for some reason, it's not coming to mind. And, and she goes ahead and tells me, just go pray. So I put on worship music and I start to praise God and I start to pray. And then his overwhelming love and care for me started to just pour out. And then I started thinking about God brought to mind how many times my wife and I in our own separate lives have had to move last minute, either because of financial situations or evictions. And we've just been, being the oldest, you kind of take a big brunt of that, right? Having to help, having to move, having to think sometimes. Um, and we, we've, we bought a house about a year and a half ago and I'm sitting there in my dining room table and I'm crying because I'm looking around and I'm like, this is my house that God has given me. And I think about the future family that we'll build and our kids won't have to know what moving last minute is. If we move, it's because God willing, we're moving to something different that God has called us to. But it's not a last minute thing. It's not a scary thing. It's not like put your clothes in bags Last time we moved, I was like, babe, we're moving. I want this to be the last time we move for a while. So let's hire a moving company. That, that was like us being bougie. She says me being bougie. She's right. That was me being bougie. We hired a moving company. And I was just, I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, like, where has God has taken us from? The things that we've gone through that he's kept us, the assurance of his love and his mercy and his grace, He's just protected us through all this time. And, and you guys have your own life. You guys have your own story. You guys have your own journey. And I can only imagine what God has done for you. So where does your help come from, church? Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Again, if this is your first time, I just want to go ahead and say this again. Fair warning. Being a Christian does not mean that your life will be easy. If you look at a Christian, he's probably nodding his head. Being a Christian doesn't mean that you will not encounter evil. Evil from others, evil from the enemy. Being a Christian does not guarantee your journey to be comfortable. But it does guarantee your keeper. It does guarantee your helper. It says the Lord will keep you from all evil, not just any type of evil, all evil. God covers all those angles. 
He will keep your life. Amen. Anybody happy about that? He will keep your life, church. You rest assured that the Lord is with you. He's going to keep your life. Just a couple of nights ago, and this is uh, what Akil said, testimonies, sharing stories of how God has, has worked in my life, just to hopefully edify you, encourage you guys. But just a couple of nights ago, I had uh, struggled sleeping, right? Hence why I asked, does anybody struggle to, to fall asleep? And uh, Tigo, you're here. So remember, the, uh, we had a young adult uh, hang. And then the young adults were just explaining, you know, the anxieties, the things that they're going through life, the hardships, all this. And we could all attest to that, right? And <clears throat> he goes, man, sometimes I just can't sleep. And I was like, pray about it. And I remember some of the young adults thought I was being funny. Maybe it was my delivery. But I was serious. I was like, pray about it. So this night that I couldn't sleep, I remembered exactly my words that I said to Tico. And I was like, Marlon, pray about it. So I couldn't sleep. And I was praying. And I started interceding for my family, for my home, for the ministries here at One Life, for you guys. And I fell asleep, knocked out. Praise the Lord for that peace. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, it, I don't know if it was actually happening or in a dream, but I felt like the enemy come to attack me. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but in the middle of the night, you feel like you can't speak. Kind of like, like you know it's not something good that has kind of held like a chokehold on you, kind of. But I've been here before. I'm, I'm a seasoned saint, as some people say. And I just started praying, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I rebuke this. In Jesus' name, you have no space here. In Jesus' name, you have no room in my heart. In Jesus' name, you have no room in my mind. In Jesus' name, you have no room in my house, in my family, in my ministries. In Jesus' name. And as I started proclaiming the name of Jesus, it left. I don't know what it was, but I just know it wasn't of God. And it just goes to show that the enemy is scared of us. The moment you start praying and interceding for God's people, the enemy is saying, hey, there's something here that I got to kind of stop. But where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. So again, being a Christian doesn't guarantee that your life will be easy. But it does guarantee a protector. It guarantees a helper. It guarantees a keeper that we find in God through Jesus Christ. God will keep your life. And then goes on to say the psalmist in verse 8, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. God will keep your day to day, your entrance and your exit. Some of us have needed that reminder. Some of us leave the house fearful of what the day may bring. This is your assurance that God is with you, that God will keep your your going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore, meaning eternity. The impact that our faith has, as long as we lean on the Lord, is supernatural. It's beautiful to know that if I trust in the Lord, that my going out and my coming in is secured in him. Anyone excited about that? Just the other day I saw on the news, I take the train sometimes to work. Uh, Sister Cindy, I saw her the other day in the train. We had a great conversation. I take the train to work sometimes, and I had just seen on the news that a train had come off the rails. 
it's 2023, why are trains coming off the rail? So then what do I do? I get scared, right? And then I have to remind myself, the Lord keeps my going out and my coming in. And then the train starts to shake a little bit. Got to bump that worship music a little higher. Lord, not today. You keep my entrance and my going out. But that's what it means to have, right, the Bible on hand, have it ready. Because your mind will play tricks on you. The journey will look a little crazy sometimes. But with scripture on hand, Lord, you keep my entrance and my exit. You keep my life. So when we look at life and you look at where you are and you think about the hills that you face, the hills, the challenges, the trials that you might have to overcome, your help comes from the Lord, church. And then you think about the hill that Christ took on Calvary and how he gave us eternal rest and through his Grace and mercy and the blood that he poured on that cross gave us salvation and freedom and assurance of his protection. So where does your help come from? My help comes from the Lord. That's a question only you can answer. The person next to you is not going to save you. The person behind you, even less. My help comes from the Lord. Jesus said, Matthew 11, verse 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Christ has lived the, the journey of life that some of us are still going through taking on the hill, dying there on the cross and resurrecting, living the life that you can't live because as we learned, we need help today. Dying the death that we deserve because as you heard, we need help. Resurrecting and conquering death and sin because as you heard today, we need help. But because of this act of love and mercy of God sending his one and only son to die on the cross for us we have a helper we have a keeper that we can lean on if you guys don't mind I'd love to to pray us out if we could stand up together some of us this morning might be hearing for the first time about this love and this care that God has for you about how he is the helper you could call on, how he is the keeper of your steps and of your life. Maybe for the first time you're ever hearing of a God that truly loves you and is your protection and is your provider. Perhaps you're here today for the first time and you're at that point where you tried everything you could. You tried figuring it out on your own and you just can't. I invite you today to to just open your heart, allow Jesus in it, and allow him to be your savior. Allow him to be your Lord. See, we can't get to God 
without Jesus. We can't find that eternal rest without knowing who his son is. So as you guys are standing there and we just take some time to pray, I want you to allow the Lord to remind you where he's brought you from. Allow the Lord to remind you where you are right now. Perhaps you're still on this journey. Perhaps you're still facing hills. But don't leave today thinking that you're alone in this. Don't leave today thinking that God is not there. Invite him in to your situation and allow his love and his mercy to overwhelm you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. One Life Christian Church is located in Baldwin, New York. To find out more about the church, visit us at www.onelifeli.com.